Hello and welcome to Switzer Investing. I'm Peter Switzer. Thanks for joining me. On tonight's program, we have a, a long look at the market and some interesting stocks of Adam Dawes of Shore and Partners. And I want to look at how you position yourself for investing in 2023. And the bottom line question I ask is, should you believe in tech? Will tech have a nice rebound and really power the stock market up in 2023? I think the answer is yes. Now, when people see me on the street, they often ask me the question, you know, um, you know can you give us a tip on, on stocks? But I don't really do tips, but what I try to do is look at quality companies that may well be beaten up by the stock market because it's in the wrong sector or it's a growth stock, for example, when interest rates are rising. But the bottom line is the market is mistreating a company and therefore the share price looks really attractive. And so for most of this year, I've been arguing that eventually inflation would come down and that uh, the, the expectation would be that interest rate rises would soon be over. And I suspected the December quarter would be the time when we'd see some better news on inflation. And as a consequence, the talk around interest rates peaking and eventually not rising would help the stock market. And we saw in November, that's exactly what happened. This chart on screen right now shows you that the S&P 500 over November was up 6.96%. That's a great rise. At the same time, our market spiked 5.3% for the past 12 months. And we're actually up 0.78% year to date. Uh, and we are down 3.8% um, over the, the year. But if you put in dividends, the, that, that actually pushes us into positive territory. And if anyone doubted my call about tech, they really should focus in this next chart, which shows you what happened to the NASDAQ. It's up 8.49% in November. Now, these two rises in November, particularly the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, shows us when it is truly believed that infl inflation is falling, and interest rate rises are either over or pretty well over, I think the US stock markets really go in for a really, really big rebound. So, but remember this, even now the NASDAQ is still down 27.6%. It's still in a bear market. And the S&P 500 is now under 20%. It's got our bear market territory, but it's still a long, long way from a correction, which would be a fall of 10%. So what I'm trying to say to you is this. We've seen a great sneak preview of what's going to happen to stocks in 2023, provided a number of good things happen. Um, China has to get out of zero uh, COVID policy and lockdowns. We also have to have the US pretty well avoiding a serious recession. A slowdown and small recession could be coped with. And I think we have to see the end of um, inflation rising and a belief that inflation is actually on the way down. Now, what's really important is we're in the third year of a US presidency and history has actually shown us that um, the market um, will rise 81.8% of the time since 1928 in the third year of a US presidency. The last one, and that data was actually worked out before 2019 when Donald Trump was president, that year the stock market rose 34%. So there's a, a really, really good reason to believe that 
next 2023 uh, is going to be a good year for the overall market and somewhere along the line tech will really be forgiven and you know um, will be in the right place at the right time. Newsobserver.com looked at the rebound year after a serious sell-off. And let me quote, investors can look forward to strong returns once a bear market ends, according to Wells Fargo Investment Institute study. The average 12-month return after a bear market is 43.4%. 2022 was a bear market. Now S&P 500 is out of that area and looks like the bear market is over. So therefore, it's reasonable to, to expect that we might see a decent rebound in 2023. Now, as this rebound happens, there will be a rotation into growth and tech stocks, which have been really beaten up during the bear market. Now, I want to have a look at some local tech stocks, which I think have already started to show that um, when things get better on the interest rate inflation front, there'll be a serious rebound. Look at Megaport over the November gain. 21% in one month. This is a stock that I've often told you I thought was a good quality tech company, excessively beaten up and will actually you know, develop and improve over 2023. Looking at what the analysts are saying on FN Arena, they expect a 46.8% rise over the next year and the, the most optimistic on Megaport was UBS, they see 102%. Now, even if these guys are only half right, I'm happy that they're actually making those big calls. Zero gained 2.5% in November. The average expected rise is 11.5%. And the most optimistic is City, with a 30% rise over the next year. CSL is not a tech stock, but it's a growth stock. It gained 8.9% in November. The average rise ahead is about 8.3%, but Macquarie can see 13.6%. And then there is Seek. 6% gain in November, a 29% average rise, and Morgan Stanley, it sees a 55% gain ahead. So many of our tech stocks have already taken off. A company like Ordinate, 88, is up 16.7% over the past six months. WiseTech has risen 38.2% over that same time. Those quality companies have already been seized upon and partly explains why our market is not down as much as the US market. But I do believe once the US market starts to rebound, we will play follow the leader. We, we probably won't rise by the same amount because we're not down by the same amount, but we will take the trend from there. And some tech stocks that have been beaten up, e.g. Megaport, I think will be a great beneficiary from it. 2024 then will be, I think, the year when a lot of blue sky tech stocks will start being looked at. The quality ones will go first in 2023, but eventually those blue sky ones, lots of potential, not making uh, profit, but clearly in a right position for the future. They're the ones that will then be picked up over 2024 or 2025. So over November, our local Atlassian, which is listed in the US, this is a quality tech business owned by Mike Cannon-Brooks and Scott, Scott Farquhar and a whole lots of uh, shareholders on the, uh, the NASDAQ and, and in the Australian stock market. They gained 18 point, it gained 18.26% in November, but it's still down 60% over the year. That number is bound to be a lot smaller by the time we get to this time next year. That is my, the reason why I say don't give up on tech, be patient, it'll eventually rebound because ultimately these are quality companies that are currently just being beaten up by the market because of rising interest rates. Once those interest rates level off and maybe start to fall, 
then we'll see a totally different story around tech. Now, let's go and catch up with uh, Adam Dawes of Shaw & Partners. Welcome to the program, Adam. Yes, it's great to be here. All right, now, I'm going to try and walk you through a number of big questions that people are asking me all the time. I'm sure you get it with your clients as well. Uh, looking at various sectors that we think are really, really important. And iron ore is one of those. And Fortescue mm. of late has been down and it's dropped much harder than other iron ore producers, but it's now had a nice rebound. And my question is, do you think there's more upside for Fortescue or should we take profit and run? I think you take a step back from that, Peter, and, and, and look at the reasons why BHP and Rio haven't fallen as much. It's all about diversification. And Fortescue doesn't have that diversification. It's got one commodity being iron ore, and that's all it sells, and one really one customer being China as well. So Fortescue got down to $15. It's certainly rebounded now over $20. But is there much more juice left in the tank? I'd be cautious up here. I think iron ore at $100, $103, wherever it is at the moment, is certainly uh, priced to perfection. And it's been priced for China to come out of its slowdown. Now, if China is a little bit slow of coming out of their slowdown, that's going to drag on the iron ore price. But look, certainly I'd, I'd be potentially taking some profits here at that sort of $20 level, but there's no reason why I can't go to 22 and 25 if this iron ore price stays high for longer. Yeah. And, and there are so many variables with iron ore. I guess in the easiest of worlds, if we believe that China gave up on zero COVID policies, which they seem to be yeah. doing progressively, and then mm. we believe that China was going to have a strong growth year in 2023, which I think is on the cards, but something could go wrong, then you, yeah. you'd kind of want to back iron or you know, BHP will go into the 50s and Fortescue would be hovering in the high 20s. That seems like a reasonable play. But... It's just such a hard way to play the iron ore and the global economic scene now, isn't it? Yeah, I think if you take it back to a portfolio stance, we like to have materials in clients' portfolios, especially BHP, Rio, or then Fortescue for a little bit more oomph. Yeah. So I think you know you need to have them in, in the portfolio as because BHP represents 11% of the index. Yeah. It's too hard not to ignore those kinds of things. I think Fortescue's always been the volatile cousin um, you know, I, I had orders in at $14. I missed it by a dollar, you know. Um, I, I thought it was going to go a little bit lower. I'm cautious at these levels with Fortescue. Uh, but iron ore can surprise us to the upside. If that growth from China does kick in, then absolutely it's, it's part of a portfolio stuff, but also a good trade. Well, let's go to another interesting trouble, troubled one that's had really positive results and has kind of gone off the ball, aristocrat. What's your thinking on the aristocrat? I think the overall fundamentals of the business is going to continue. Uh, the, in the US, there was a little bit of a slowdown with some of the numbers coming out of there. So I did think that aristocrat suffered and we know that it's, re, it, it's rallied, but then fallen away, but it's finding a really nice base here. Uh, I, I speak to a lot of uh, institutional clients and they're very long aristocrat. Yep. They see the overall benefit, social gaming, uh, you know, uh, casinos and everything that goes with it. I think Aristocrat is looking really good down here. It's finding that nice base. It's just when are we going to start to see that uplift? 
that's probably going to take another year or so, I think, with yeah. all interest rates and everything else going higher. So I'd just be a little bit cautious, but it's a buy and hold for yeah. all of my clients' portfolios at the moment. In your thinking, is this a growth stock or a value stock? I think it's value <laughs> with until it gets into that until it gets with into growth that growth inclinations. phase. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Uh, there's value there. There's value yeah. where we are at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And I asked that question because I'm not sure either. Uh, let's go. To, <laughs> and this is a question I often get Westpac versus ANZ. Now, my view is Combank the best. NAB is really improving its game. Absolutely. Um, the other two are well priced, but will they actually you know, benefit from the fact that because they're low price, um, that they might have more percentage upside than the others? A, do you think either one are worth punting on? And if so, which one would you go for and why? I, I think the key word is punting. I don't think we'd be punting the banks because that's a, <sighs> it's a tough space to be in at the moment. Hmm. Uh, overall, I potentially think ANZ. There's two reasons why. Westpac, I think, overall has done a great job. NAB, you're right, is absolutely streaking ahead yeah. uh, with home loans, business loans, as well as uh, uh, sort of more uh, personal loans. They're, they're actually doing really, really well. But ANZ is going to buy Suncorp's bank in the new year. Hmm. So if you do look out a little bit further, and we're already at the new year time, how long is that, you know, first quarter, second quarter, somewhere in there, they're going to get a, by acquisition, going to get a natural uplift uh, from, that, from that Suncorp bank side of things. So I think I'd, I'd pick my put my money on ANZ at the moment. They are still doing quite well overall as a business, but I think that acquisition in 2023 is really going to step that up and make it more competitive in that landscape. Okay, ANZ. Is it certain that they'll get Suncorp's banking business? Well, they raised the capital for it. Yes, I know. Uh, <laughs> they better get it because uh, that's what they raised. Yeah. Uh, look, you're right. There, there are some uh, issues that will need to be looked at. Yeah. Uh, but look, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm hoping first quarter next year that that uh, does go through. Okay. T-E-R. Tell us what company we're talking about and why you have a view on it. Terracom. Mm -hmm. It's a coal business. Bought the Blair Athol mine many years ago from Rio Tinto for a dollar. <laughs> uh, has done very, very well on the back of that Blair Ethel mine. They've got some assets in South America, South Africa, but also it's it's about the coal story, uh, currently sitting around 80, 90 cents. Yeah, for everybody who's interested in dividends, but we never buy dividends, we never buy resource stocks for a dividend, but have a look at the dividend profile going forward for the next 12 to 24 months. You'll be very pleasantly surprised um, that Blair Blair Apple mine is not going to operate after sort of, and I think it's another five or eight years. Somebody's going to correct me on that. Mm. So it's a rundown of a mine. But at the moment, if coal prices stay high, it's going to be a cold winter in Europe. I think Terracom's a very interesting story. I own stock in it, so I'm going to put my hand up and say disclaimer there. But uh, it's a very interesting story going forward. So for the coal space, I think it's going to be very, very good for them with okay. cash as long as the coal price stays high. Okay, what kind of coal is it? Uh, it's energy coal, okay. not uh, steel coal. Okay. So, so yeah. It's not coking, it's for, all right. And and I guess one thing that probably makes you look right is this story this morning about 
the government using a 60 US dollar price tag for coal, but the futures, yeah. the futures are saying 390 US dollars. That is huge if it's right. It's right, but as always, the devil's in the detail. And I would expressly get clients to look at that detail that what the government's talking about. Mm. Uh, we're going to have to do some little, little bit more work on it, but we don't think the Australian producers are going to get hurt as much as the international producers here in Australia. So the whole coal sector is going to get a washout or a sell down over the next coming couple of weeks, but there's an opportunity to buy that for the Australian producers. But again, beware, this is not advice. You need to do your own DD on what's going on there because it could be wrong because it's such early stages. Yeah. Just, just, but I think overall the, the coal space is going to get hit and that's an opportunity for yeah, next year. For those people who aren't as market savvy as you, DD, due diligence. I uh, due diligence. Yeah, I, thought you were, I thought you were giving somebody a D with a D. All right. No, not, not Dungeons and Dragons. It's okay. okay. All right, this is, a, this is an interesting one, and the analysts don't cover it, but I'm sure you got a view on it. Lake resources. What do you think? It, it's, it's certainly a hot stock at the moment, isn't it? Mm. Um, but look, I, I don't look at it too much. Uh, I'm not going to profess to be a professional on that one. Mm. I'll have to uh, let that one pass better. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's good because one person in particular asked me to get I said, look, I'll go to Adam Dawes. I'm sure he'll have a view on Lake Resort. Sorry. Okay. Next time. Maybe you can send, send me an email once you, you're right across it. When I'm back to the desk, I'll send it to you straight away. Okay. Now, we know you work hard every day and every week. What, what's the stock that you've really liked over the last week or so? Well, I, I think I'm sticking with Sandfire. Sandfire. Uh, yeah, renewable coppers, well, renew, renewable metals, copper, looking really good. Uh, obviously, it doesn't have a mine here in Australia, but one in Spain and one in Africa now. Oz Minerals getting taken over at $28.25. All institutional money that needs to find a place for copper will automatically flow into Sandfire. It's the next largest cap stock. Um, really comfortable with Sandfire, comfortable with commodity being copper for that longer term journey over the next year or so. Mm. So yeah, I think Sandfire is a number one pick for me at the moment. And I guess if we go back to our first story, which was about the outlook for China, correct me if I'm wrong, but when China grows strongly, copper prices tend to sh uh, show up, don't they? Yeah, 100%. Uh, it, it is all about growth. But it's also about the renewables and copper it stands, you know, 10 feet tall above a lot of the other metals that are needed to be renewable. Mm. So it just fits in with so many other growth. Uh, renewables is a great thematic. And we don't have that many large cap copper plays on our market. There's lots of smaller ones and you can get involved in the smaller ones, but really you've got to stay with the quality or the large end. Mm. And Sampire is uh, that number one pick. All right. I've got to throw this one at, at you because I've got you here on the spot. Uh, <laughs> but what about Athen? Athen actually has gone for a rise with the, the, the re-loving of tech stocks uh, in November. Uh, yeah, is there, any, is there more upside for a company that was, what, $40-odd and it's now 
languishing, oh, uh, how low it is, but it's bloody low. I'm putting the question out there because I, yeah. I reckon it probably will. It, it will shock somebody. It'll probably climb to $5 or something like that, which is nothing compared to 40 But if you're a person who bought it at $2 or 250 or something, it's going to be a really big gain. And I'm kind of just saying, well, all tech stocks will eventually get reloved. And, yes. Yeah, and, and that might get to 40 but it might get to 5 Looks like how, how Zip was 50 and now it's 90 The person who bought Zip at 50 has killed them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it takes courage it's, uh, and it's speculation, it, isn't it? Correct. And that's that's where the, the hard bit goes because the market's lost confidence uh, in this business. But they still do have some revenue coming through the door. Yeah. So I think anyone should really look at that revenue profile and see how that's going to grow. Obviously, it's been cut down uh, yeah. a long way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Altium uh, is my number one pick in right. there. I think ALU will do very well and will yeah. continue to do well. Um, but so stick with the quality. Yeah. But the quality. interesting thing is that Altium and WiseTech and Ordinate, they've all done well over the last six months. Uh, yeah. And they, and well, that's the quality, though. Yeah. That's, that's quality. Yeah. 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 So. All right, mate. Thanks for talking. See you in two weeks' time. Yes, thank you so much. Have a great day. As Adam Dawes of Shore and Partners. And that's the program for tonight. Thanks for joining us. We're back on Thursday. And don't forget, if you want to know more information about the stocks that you might consider buying or selling, have a look at the Switzer Report. Go to switzerreport.com.au. Thanks for joining us. See you on Thursday.